Hey guys, it's your Uncle Crappy. Um, I'm uh, adding on this uh, brief intro to the intro uh, to tell you that it's happened once again. Uh, one of the games that uh, we, we chose to talk about has been called off because of, uh, of a COVID outbreak on campus. Um, Carl and I talked about this a little bit last night and we feel like the, the football discussion is still valid even without a game. So um, uh, we want to leave it, we're, we're gonna leave it in the show. Uh, also, I, I, I will never pronounce Talia Tagalavilla's name better than I did in the show. So I, I didn't want to lose that effort. Um, uh, enjoy the, the show, guys, uh, even without with uh, just a, a little less football. And uh, we'll see you next week. Boys and girls, welcome back. It is week 11 of the 2020 college football season, such as it is week 11 of the Carla and Crappy Show. I am crappy. It's November. I'm. We were just talking about this. I'm wearing a t-shirt. I put on a hoodie to do the show, and it's too warm. I just can't. I can't do it right now. And Carla in Nashville, it's even warmer. Yeah, it's like 80 degrees here. Like it's crazy. I'm not playing it, but you know, it's that football weather would be cool. Yeah, I, no, right. Well, I posted a picture on Instagram um, on Sunday. I stopped. I had to pick up some things. I'm loving this whole like being able to shop online and go pick things up in stores. So like, you know, place uh, yes. the order and yes. then just go pick up. So I did a bunch of that on Sunday. So I had a bunch of stuff to pick up. And I was like, ooh, the holiday drinks came back at Starbucks. And I, and if you know me and you know me from Pittsburgh, like I am ah. a huge peppermint mocha fan. Like that's my thing. Peppermint mochas are, they, are, are they back. back. Are they yeah, back? they're back. They came back okay. last weekend. Um, and so I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to go get my first peppermint mocha this season. So I went and I picked up my first peppermint mocha of the season. I was wearing a mask. I'm holding my peppermint mocha. It's 84 degrees. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was too hot to actually could, have it, I, but it was like, it was the whole thing. It's like, no, I got to have my first one. It is the whole thing. I mean, my, my beer distributor has had like this wall of cases of Mad Elf um, <laughs> right? for three weeks, for three, before Halloween. And I'm like, I, and I'm going to buy a case because I buy a case every year. Right. Um, and I, I will drink some now and I will hold some back and we do the whole aging thing and we do verticals and, and it's, and it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I, I try out of principle not to do like a week of Thanksgiving. Okay. That's fine. We'll, 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 we'll go then. Right. Um, but you know, maybe in a couple of days when it gets cool again here, when we have highs in the fifties, like it's supposed to be, then I'll, then I'll, I'll be able to, to worry about this a little bit less. Yeah. Um, but I, but it's coming. It's coming. It's I'm just still on like summer. Right yeah. I'm still on summer wine. Like I'm, I, I switch my white wines depending on the season. Like it's okay. Pinot Grigio in the summer. And then mm. when it gets cooler, I like the Chardonnays. Um, okay. I'm still drinking Pinot Grigio. Mm, it's okay. no, it's like November 10th it's middle, it's middle, when we're recording almost, this. Middle November. We can call this mid-November. It that's, is. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, in a normal football year, we would be we would be almost done with the regular season. We'd, right, we'd, just a couple more weeks. Um, but we're playing football into December, and maybe and maybe <laughs> and maybe that's, later, and maybe that, well, yeah, and 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 uh, then we pick up with with bowl games, and and who knows what what form bowl of blues is going to take this year? We haven't even talked about that. We have but maybe, no maybe, idea. We have no idea, and maybe 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 the fact that this is like the equivalent of mid season instead of late season football is why this week is so weird. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to get to that. It's uh, it, there are, there are no, 
top 25 on top 25 matches. I, I'm, I am certain that that has happened in the history of the show before. I, although I don't recall off the top of my head when, um, but it's just, but it's not even that it's, there are just, there are games that are interesting, but for odd reasons, it's not necessarily matchups. It's not, Necessary. Well, some of it is, you know, uh, uh, you know, divisional standings and stuff. And again, we'll we'll talk about this stuff. But it's just a weird week, right? It is, and it's not a cupcake week. That's what makes no. it weird for me. Like no. normally, like if we if you don't have the big top twenty five matchups, you end up with like Alabama power- playing Presbyterian and right, yeah. And so we have fun with that. But this week, there's really not even anything to like have fun with in that regard i mean it's it's just kind of a mint week and and you know it, we're recording this on tuesday and half of the sec slate has essentially been canceled at this point uh, yes already um which is you know the bullet palooza thing is interesting because i mean the sec the rate we're going the sec might be playing all the way until january just regular season games as opposed to getting <laughs> the bowl games um so so yeah this is just it's just a weird week I, it's uh, the epitome. I keep saying every week that like, there's something that's the epitome of 2020, and maybe this week's football schedule is the epitome of 2020. Of the we have no idea what the heck is going on. I will. Scratchers. I will tell you. I will tell you later in the show. I will tell everybody later in the show what is the what is um, the Ohio State fans' epitome of 2020 football. Okay. Um, I will be- look forward to that because it's like, uh, uh, oh, really? Okay. Um, before we look ahead, we will look back. Um, I, I know you didn't watch a whole lot of, uh, of football last weekend, uh, but uh, what anything uh, stand out for you? Well, the first thing that stands out is kudos to both of us. We did pretty darn well with our picks on action. Yeah, we did. We did. Well, four and two. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, the two close games that we that we knew were going to be the close games were the two that we both got wrong. And um, so, hey, for a first week back for a conference that we really didn't know much about, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to take that as a win in the win I think column so. for us. I, I would point out that um, my, my Bobcats uh, have now um, uh, moved up to one and one after beating uh, Akron 24-10. Okay. They, and that just that game just went fine. And Kent State's up big. That's the game we have on downstairs. Kent okay. State's up big over um, Bowling Green. I would so, um, and it's pouring, which is fun. Um, Mac folks, I'm not sure what's better: Mac football on a Tuesday night or Mac football in the rain on a Tuesday night. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for Mac Mac football snow Tuesday. That's yeah. that's sort of the ultimate. We're, we're a few weeks away from that, but that's going to happen. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. So we did well on action for week one, and, and I'm still loving the Mac, the fact that the Mac is just refusing to play on Saturdays and saying, "Nope, we're playing on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Have fun." Um. Awesome. So so I still love that. That's good. Um. My only my other note that I had was um. I, way wrong i was way wrong you were you were correct um in in the cocktail party um and and i was kind of disappointed that that ended up not being much of a game i was hoping that that was you know we were afraid that, that was going to happen um i thought it was going to go the other direction i think fig- i mm. thought that that george was going to figure out a way to pull that one out um but i it, it you know i was looking at the second quarter um just because i'm I'm a crazy college football statistics person, I guess. I don't know. I dug in the drive charts on that game just because I was fascinated by it. I was a little distracted by some news that was going on on, on Saturday, so I wasn't watching a whole lot of college football. Um, so, uh, but yeah, the second quarter is where that game really turned. Um, yeah. Georgia had four offensive possessions in that quarter. Um, all of them ended in punts. Okay. Um, and the only points that they scored was off of a pick six. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Georgia's defense tried real hard to keep them in that game, kinda, but, it, but 
Yeah, and Georgia's defense kept them in the game, which is what Georgia's defense does mm-hmm. um, or tried, and uh, they just couldn't overcome. I mean, four punts in a quarter is not gonna is not gonna work. Nope. Um, in, in in a battle with another you know top twenty five opponent like that, um, and then they just kind of imploded in the second half, throwing three you know with Stetson Bennett throwing three picks like. Yeah. Three interceptions in the second half alone is just not—it's not going to do it. Nope. Um, so now you got Florida sitting in the driver's seat, um, essentially in the East uh, to probably go get you know Waxed. shellacked. Yeah, shellacked. Whatever. Yeah. Pick pick your euphemism here um, <laughs> as to what's going to happen when they have to go play Alabama. So um, yeah, here we are again, just kind of back where we thought we were going to be in the SEC. It's just, I, I read a thing, uh, I, I'm going to call him on ESPN at, uh, at some point today, about um, the fact that you can't get along with a caretaker, uh, w- with a game manager quarterback in, in 2020. If, if you want to be um, an, an, an elite program, um, that, that just doesn't work. Uh, and, and, and I think we, we, we've seen that with Georgia. Um, at, at this, at so far, at this point, I mean, we, we've talked about Stetson Bennett. Um, I, I, I know that's that's been a topic for us for, for more than once this season. Yeah. Um, and it's, as I've said before, his story is awesome. Um, but Georgia has to be. You, you can't just say, okay, we're going to run the ball. Um, if you're a one-dimensional offense, uh, even with that defense. Um, slowing down the opposing team. It's just not, it's not going to work. But then, but then you look, <laughs> you look at Ian book. Um, and, 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 and I, 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 I have dismissed him before as a, as a, as a game manager. He was more than that on Saturday. Um, although, you know, that, that is still Notre Dame's playbook, um, solid defense, um, a solid running game and they've got, you know, a O line and D line with the experience to do that. Um, but uh, Ian book had, had, a, had a, a great game for him on Saturday yeah. night um, against Clemson. Uh, so I, I don't know that my, my question, well, I'll get to my question in a second. I, I, I don't know just having, having watched Clemson. I'm not sure if Trevor Lawrence had been playing, that would have been enough. It might've been, um, that, that was a, that was a great effort by Notre Dame all the way around. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as you and I were, were speaking before you put them in whatever stadium they're going to be playing in, uh, for the ACC title game and healthy Trevor Lawrence, he, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. I, 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 I suspect that that would be an ugly game, but here's my, here's what I'm wondering. Um, you know, you and I talked about at the outset. Uh, does the SEC get two teams in the playoff? Um, Alabama default, of course, and then whoever wins the East. And, and we were thinking we were both overestimating the quality of football in the SEC East. Uh, could that happen with ACC? If if Notre Dame with a with a a a tight loss, um, similar to you know Clemson's loss last weekend at Notre Dame, could the ACC? place two teams in the top in 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 the playoff and i i I think they could yeah i i mean i really hate that's that's a really great question um i hate to say this because of how much we have railed against notre dame in the past about getting in that you know for the love of god would somebody please beat notre dame already we went through (laughs) an entire season of that um 
I would rather see both Clemson and Notre Dame in the playoff than anybody from the Big 12. Yeah. Um, and when you look at the way that the Big 10, and we're going to spend some time in the Big 10 tonight because that's what <laughs> we do. Um, if you look at the Big 10 right now, I only see one team that I want to see in that playoff mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I, there's nobody else that's playing up at that level. Um, if, if I had to pick a top four teams in the country right now, I think Clemson and Notre Dame would both be in them. Okay. Um, I think it's possible. And that's, and that's crazy that we're having that conversation because we, we've both bemoaned the lack of football, lack of mm-hmm. quality football in the ACC for how long now? Um, I like adding Notre Dame into this mix. I, I, I really think it's, it's changed the perception of the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a couple other teams that are playing up now um to the level of competition and i don't know whether that's because they've added another really really good team and mm-hmm. you know um teams are trying to figure this out or just the mess that is 2020 i'm not sure which it is but the acc is really intriguing this year um more yeah, so that, than maybe any other conference we had a, a, a an interesting story so the pit football notes story um in, in the paper today uh and and the top of it was and this is this is this is going to be. It seems like Pat Narduzzi is like they should play in the in the conference or don't. And I'm like Pat, you don't. You're not really in a position to make demands here. But right. um, but but that's but that's what um, I, I think the ACC folks are all like. Notre Dame's presence in the conference this this year has made things different and better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's not a surprise that that a conference would would pursue Notre Dame um, as a as a full member. Uh, certainly, the Big Ten has in the past um, and been rebuffed. Uh, and and Notre Dame obviously gets the final word, but um, it, it's 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 made a difference in in yeah. the perception of the ACC. Um, I, I think it's made a difference in the level of, of competition. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure that Notre Dame would ever go for that outside of this situation this year. But, um, and you, you, had, you had thoughts about, because uh, Notre Dame's uh, at Boston College. This, this weekend. weekend, yeah. This weekend? Yeah. yeah. What, what, what were you thinking about that one? Yeah, I mean, it's, there's a couple other, like a couple little side notes there. So yeah. the idea of, like, it, it would be a really interesting question. Like, is Notre Dame's path to the playoff easier as a full member of the ACC? Like if, if Notre Dame went in all in on the ACC in the future, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any question. I, I would agree. I, I think that's true because I think the quality of the, of the opponents that they play, if they had to play a conference schedule, in addition to whatever, you know, traditional rivalries they could keep in the non-conference slate, mm-hmm. that'd be a hell of a schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, you keep your Stanford there, you keep, um, SC. S, yeah, an SC, and you keep some of your traditional rivalries in mm-hmm. there in addition to, you know, potentially another matchup every once in, you know, however many times that comes up with Clemson, mm-hmm. possibly even a Miami, Virginia Tech. Like, that's really intriguing. Um, Notre Dame, take that seriously. Think, think through this. I, I think you could – I think there's a way that you can keep those, those traditional rivalries and still play a conference slate and have a stronger schedule to make a better argument to get into, mm-hmm. to get into the playoff. That's an interesting just, thing. Just keep your hockey team in the big 10. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the other interesting thing is that um, if I'm a Clemson fan right now, mm-hmm. um, even with the loss, I'm feeling really good about the future of Clemson Tiger football. 
oh yeah, you're, you're still in the driver's seat. I don't think there's, uh, there's no question. Well, I mean, even after this year, even after mm -hmm. Trevor graduates, mm -hmm. DJU is going to be uh -huh. one heck of a quarterback. And, and he, he missed some reads that, I, that Trevor would not have missed on Saturday night, but it's his second start. Like yeah. it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just seeing the level that he was seeing the field in his second start, mm -hmm they're going to be just fine. Mm -hmm. um, so, so if I'm a Clemson fan, um, I'm feeling okay, even though that's, you know, that's the first regular season loss in a long time. Um, I'm still feeling okay. If I'm Clemson, let's go back to the question that you asked yes. um, about, about Boston college. Um, it's an interesting thing because if this was Clemson going to Boston college after a big win like this, I would have this circled on my calendar going, this is an opportunity for Clemsoning. Clemsoning index eight. Yeah. <laughs> Clemson index eight at least. Um, and, and now I'm looking at Notre Dame. I'm like, can we Notre Irishing? Irishing. I, I mean, they haven't done uh, it yet. So we don't have a, we don't have a reason to name it because they've not done it yet. Yes. But if I am Notre Dame, I am making sure that I'm taking this game very seriously because this is a Boston college team that in DJU's first start dominated Clemson in the first half. We yep. talked about that last week. Yep. Boston college is a good football team and this mm -hmm. is not a game that Notre Dame can take lightly and it's a danger spot for them um coming off a huge win like that um you know fans storming the field which was ill-advised um my favorite tweet was that, that, that Notre Dame's <laughs> covered the spread um <laughs> I'm uh, I, I I'm going to be speaking with my favorite Notre Dame student uh, my 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 former intern uh, yeah. tomorrow and i'm gonna ask her how's how it feels to be the um the the poster children for college misbehavior this week <laughs> right i mean i get it you beat the number one team in the country celebrate but at the same time it's a pandemic <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah don't storm the field there, there's some there's some issues there. uh, but but <laughs> if i'm notre, if i'm a notre dame fan in addition to you know watching for another seven days to make sure that like there's not an outbreak on campus i am paying really really close attention to this game against boston college this weekend this is a dangerous sure. game um keep an eye on this one it's early in the day i, I wrote down what time it is it's an early kick um 3.30. It's a 3.30 kick on ABC Eastern. Um, so keep, we have another game we're talking about that's happening at 3.30, but keep a close eye on this one and see if, sure. if Boston College kind of keeps this okay. um, close. It could be worth watching. Okay. Um, uh, we, you and I are experiencing more weirdness than we're used to this week. Um, weirdness in group of five games. Uh, weird, weirdness in AJ's world is nothing unusual. And um, it's, yeah, perfectly normal. And here is AJ to tell you about this week's group of five slash pac 10 pac 12 after dark weirdness coming up on Saturday. AJ. Hello everyone. Uh, it is this week's group of five report. However, I, it saddens me to report that the group of five games this week are not good. There's like two and we'll get to them in a second. Before we get into the group of five, I want to talk about um, just completely bad football. Um, because, listen, if any 2020 has given us anything, uh, it is that we should be thankful for the things that we do have. Uh, and so for that, uh, we're going to talk about some really bad football games that we would be very, very happy to have um, in like April or uh, in weeks where, uh, you know, we're just happy to have football again at all. Uh, at noon on Saturday, Illinois at Rutgers. Um, no one wants to watch this game. No one. 
except Rutgers is competent. Greg Schiano comes in and instantly makes them magically competent. Uh, they hung 27 on Ohio State, ran an actually successful trick punt return play. Um, hey, look at you, Rutgers. You're not horrible. In fact, you're favored in a Big Ten conference game for the first time in six years. Uh, real quick quiz. When did Rutgers join the Big Ten? Six years ago which means this is the first Big Ten conference game they've ever been favored in. Congratulations, Illinois. You're a historical footnote. Um, sure, Rutgers. Give me Rutgers. Um, Penn State at Nebraska. Someone has to win that game. Someone has to lose that game. That's all I'm going to say about it. So we also have one of my favorite games of the year. It's Butt Bowl Week. Baylor University playing Texas Tech, B-U-T-T, Butt Bowl. Uh, both teams still butts. Um, neither team's terribly good. Uh, this should just be a big, stupid shootout of a game, but don't expect anything of any actual note. Just enjoy the fact that the logos make the word but. Um, and then finally, we get into some actually uh, decent games. We have at noon. Coastal Carolina going to Troy. Again, Coastal Carolina number 15 in the country. Those are your undefeated Chanticleers. Uh, this should actually be a good game. Uh, Troy is not as bad as their record looks. Um, they are 4-3, and three, but they lost to BYU, an incredibly good BYU team. They took it to the wire against Georgia State and lost a bummer against Georgia Southern. Um, <clears throat> upset alert on this one. Uh, I don't want my beloved Chanticleers to lose, but um, Troy is better than, than it appears. So keep an eye on that game. That's at noon on ESPNU. Uh, let's also scroll down. We're going to skip the rest of the middle of the day because it's all just kind of generic football. Enjoy it. Uh, 3 p.m. UTEP at UTSA. Both of these teams are far better than they have been in the past. This is for um, Conference USA Texas Supremacy. Uh, so, hey, just enjoy these games. The Roadrunners are good. UTEP is actually slightly good. Uh, this will be on ESPN+. Plus. So if you have that, watch that game. Um, Alabama LSU is going to be bad. And uh, finally, we're going to pick up here at 7 p.m. Oregon at Wazoo. Uh, Oregon looked pretty rough to start obviously week one even though it's november week one jitters for oregon uh they came out and finished against stanford um wazoo put away oregon state pretty convincingly so this should be a super fun game they're gonna throw a million times um but hey it's on fox at 7 p.m and uh, if we're going to just do a quick run through the night games i expect probably half of these to get canceled because of covid reasons uh, we have Cal going to Arizona State. Uh, this is one of the weird times where Arizona State can have like a regular uh, home game, but they're still going to do it at night anyways. Uh, Cal at Arizona State. Jaden Daniels is so very, very fun to watch. Um, Cal's game last week was canceled. Um, so this is Cal's first game of the season. We have no idea what Cal's going to look like. If it's a Justin Wilcox coach team, I expect defense and more of it. Um, and then finally at 11 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports 1, Oregon State at Washington. Uh, Washington's game got canceled last week. They were scheduled to play Cal. Uh, Oregon State did not look great against Washington State. So, hey, you got to play the other Washington team this week. 
and you probably won't look very good here either. Uh, Oregon State just doesn't have a defense. Uh, their quarterback, Tristan Gebbio, was 34-48 for 329 last week, uh, and they had a running back run for 120 yards. They have an offense. They just don't have much of a defense. So this should be fun. Uh, Air Force Wyoming was canceled, sadly, due to COVID things with Air Force. Um, one would think that a, a service academy that is meant for air defense would be better at an airborne illness. But hey, who am I to say? Uh, and if I could throw in one more terrible football game, I'm just going to throw just I'm just going to roll one one football game out here. Um, <clears throat> Wisconsin's got to play Michigan. Michigan, what you doing? <laughs> Nine win Indiana is real. In fact, number ten. You put some respect on Indiana's name. Uh, Indiana is number ten, and I love that so much. 2020, you're the best. Sometimes. Uh, This has been your group of five weird bad football report. uh, And we will see you next week. Back to you, Carl and Crappy. Thank you, AJ. Um, Yeah, that sounds weird. It's going to be fun. I, I, we have, we have games that we're going to talk about and some other things. And, but it's just, we're, we're talking about these games almost for the wrong reasons or, (laughs) or, or because, um, it's just so unusual that I, you know, we, we, we couldn't, it's like, we can't look away. Um, maybe, maybe, and I, I don't want to, please don't, please don't, please don't take this as me piling on, but that's, that's sort of the case for this first game. Uh, we established last week, what little nude Saturday is, uh, on, on FS1, uh, Penn state at Nebraska. Uh, this is 0-3 Penn state at 0-2 Nebraska. I mean, these are serious prime college football brands and and five losses between the two teams. Uh, Penn State is favored by three and a half points. Um, uh, Carla, I know this is a a, a touchy thing for you, uh, but what what, what do you see with this one? Well, and you're right. These are two like college football brands right? sitting sitting here winless. Um, There was an interesting article. I didn't, I didn't, I wish I would have written down who wrote it, but as I was looking through ESPN today, that somebody wrote um, a story on the major football brands that are suffering this year, including Penn State, mm-hmm. um, including Nebraska, including Georgia, including Michigan. I, I, I saw this, yeah. 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 Um, really interesting take. And the epitome of, of 2020, we have no idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because this is such a weird week, my notes for our conversation here are kind of all over the place. So I'm just going to kind of go through the, because we're not really breaking down this game, really. Like yeah. it's just kind of a conversation piece. The reason why, and I will give, I will give crappy the benefit of the doubt here and, and be fully transparent and say, I'm the one that said we should talk about this game. Um, so he is not piling on. This was, I, I am bringing this upon okay. myself this week. I, she did, um, she did. I, I, I left this completely up to her and, and she bit. Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> I did. Um, well, just because I think it's it's interesting. I mean, who would have thought that heading into this, and we're talking about this game because these both these teams are winless. Yeah, and and we couldn't have imagined being here. And that's here. insane. That is yeah, that is an insane thing to think. It's absolutely insane. Um, particularly being a fan of one of those two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so so what I wrote down here is the biggest challenge. One of the biggest challenges that Penn State has right now is the fact that there's they have no run game, so yeah. much really to speak for, and and that's surprising. Um, and, and a huge challenge and an offensive problem that, that needs to be fixed. Um, but my, but my very next note here is the, is with a question mark after it is, is this the recipe for a first win 
for Penn State. And when you look at, at the way these two teams match up, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not just me speaking as a fan, although my heart as a fan says this better be it. Um, <laughs> because if it's not, you're going to look at you're looking at a, a, a maximum 500 season because mm-hmm. that's where we are with an eight game schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he, the Penn, Penn State defense has not been what we're used to with Penn State. Um, all you have to do is look back at what, what Maryland did last week. Um, secondary has been a challenge on defense. Sure. Um, and it was one of the biggest concerns heading into the season as to how the secondary was going to hold up. And it's, it's not done well. Um, but my note right after that says Penn State's defense has been weak in the secondary. Um, but Nebraska's defense is technically worse. Um, which is not something which is not something that you're used to seeing out of Nebraska. Um, you're not used to seeing a, a defense that's given up a ton of yards, but Nebraska's defense has given up a ton of yards. Mm-hmm. And they haven't really played an offensive juggernaut per se yet, really. A, a, a team that's gonna, you know, rack up the yards on, on another team on well, an maybe, opponent. Maybe maybe one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> sorry, I just I had to throw that in. Yeah. I, I you know, it it was week one, right? Yes. And 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 Ohio State's numbers in week one were not what they've been, right? They were, they were still, you know, it, they were, they were still ironing things out. So, so yeah. So Nebraska is putting up all these, you know, is, is just giving up a ton of yards. Um, Nebraska's offense is putting up a ton of yards, mm-hmm. but they're just not scoring. I, you know, they have 406 yards per game, but only 15 points mm-hmm. per game. Um, Nebraska primarily runs the football, you know, Adrian Martinez, you know, the epitome of a dual threat quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, The one good thing that Penn State's defense has going for it is that it's actually pretty good against the run. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why I think this is a potential opportunity here um, for Penn State to pick up their first win, because I think if you can minimize the dual threat aspect of of Martinez um, and force him to throw the ball, even with a weaker secondary, I still think that's probably a recipe. Um, And, and, but I mean, y- you have to wonder if um, Sean Clifford's kind of getting um, the yip. You know, you'd say a pitcher gets the yips, yeah. um, and, and it sounds like that might be the case. I went back and read some of the stuff that, that James Franklin said in his presser this morning, um, and he says that that quarterback Will Levis is going to start seeing some some time. Okay. Um, and 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 the reasoning for it was just to give Sean Clifford a break because he's essentially the lead rusher. We've said this all along that when your quarterback is your lead rusher, you have offensive problems. It's never, it's never, never a good thing. thing. Right. Um, and that's where Penn State's sitting right now. They don't have a rusher beyond Sean Clifford. And so Levis is going to start getting some, some reps um, just to give Sean Clifford some, some downs off mm-hmm. um, and, and to catch some, some breathers. And so I don't know whether that's a good thing or if it, it makes me really nervous. You know, like what's, what's in the head of, of – and if you watch Clifford's mentality, you know, the way he – his his nonverbals after the um, after the Maryland loss were not good, not good. And and you know this is a kid that's trying to finish out his career, and I worry I worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, whether whether he kind of has this um, a mental hurdle now that he has to try to get over um, with this team. I, I I this is the week that they've got to do it. And if you look at the rest of the schedule after this game. Mm-hmm. Penn State can absolutely finish the season five and three. Mm-hmm. If they can just get a win on the board, the rest of their have, games are manageable. Started somewhere. They yeah. have to get started. Um, I think this is the week that they get started. If they don't, it's going to be a really long season in Happy Valley. Um, okay. But we are okay. still okay. I hope. Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. 
I, I will start by saying um, Nebraska, I, I was impressed um, in, in the first game of the season. Uh, I, I think there's been an upgrade in talent. I think there's been an upgrade in coaching and preparation. Um, Scott Frost is a proven guy, and, and, and he will get uh, the Cornhuskers turned around. Um, but it's not, it's not something that can happen immediately. Um, that there needs to be a couple more years of, of, of his recruiting classes. Um, and I hope the folks in Lincoln are, are patient enough to let that happen. Um, but noticeable things, uh, D-line was uh, quick and active. Um, they got um, uh, three sacks again on Justin Fields when we played them in the opener in Columbus. Um, I, I really liked, um, and by that I mean I was really terrified, uh, by Luke McCaffrey. Uh, and, and I wonder, I, 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 as far as I know, uh, as of today, there was, uh, uh, there was, Scott Frost had not committed to who's going to start a quarterback, uh, for Nebraska this, this week. Um, because McCaffrey, uh, of the, of the noted football McCaffreys, um, uh, came in late last week and actually sparked a couple of drives, um, neither of which scored points, which is a thing that you, <laughs> you mentioned. Um, but, but he, he actually, he moved the offense. Uh, and so I, I wonder if that's if, if that's uh, you know, Penn State's going to see him um, as a starter. They they will see him at some point during the game, I'm sure. Yeah. Penn State's not in the Penn State's. Uh, it's not an issue of talent. It's issue of of talent that it's lost for one reason or another. Um, you know, it, it, you have uh, NFL caliber uh, receivers who are who are now playing in the NFL. Um, you lose your best defensive player because he opts out uh, because of the pandemic. Right. Um, you've lost your two, your top two running backs to injuries. And, and that's, and, and that's what, that's where Penn state was going to be. That's where Penn state's offense was going to be. Yeah. Um, and that's a perfect situation for Sean Clifford because uh, Clifford's, you know, Clifford's not Trace McSorley. He is not going to be, uh, he, he's not going to be the guy. Um, but what he could do uh, is run a, a, a good RPO offense. Um, he, he, he can, you know, make throws underneath to, to, to tight end to, to the damn tight ends that Penn State always has. <laughs> um, and, and let the running backs take, carry the ball. And, and you've removed all that. And now it's to the point where, you know, and this, is, this was referenced in the ESPN story that you mentioned. Um, the, the guys who are calling the, the, the plays for the Nittany Lions don't seem to want to call running plays at all because it's not working. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I, I, I still think uh, it's just basic talent stuff. I, I, these are both good coaches. These are both good coaching staffs. Um, even with losses to injuries and departures, Penn State's up here and Nebraska's still down here. Um. I'm 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 doing a, a a bar chart with my hands for those of you who are listening. Um, you took your lessons from Steve Koinacki? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Where's your calculator? I uh, I have one on my phone. <laughs> um, Penn State's going to get its first win in this game, um, and, and and hopefully that will be a thing. Uh, you know, maybe Clifford will feel more comfortable uh, going forward. 
Um, maybe they'll find something to kind of take the pressure off of him, whether that's spelling him for or a series here and there. Uh, but I, I think, I, I think, uh, you know, of, of the two brands here, and, and I don't think this is indicative of huge problems at Nebraska. It's mm. just Scott Frost needs time. Yeah. Um, Penn State has different stuff to overcome, and I, and I think they're going to take a step to overcoming that this weekend. I promised to tell you what the what when Ohio State fans most twenty twenty thing about this college football season. What what uh, what is the what is the thing? The next two weeks, when Ohio State plays Maryland and Indiana, are far scarier than the final two weeks of the season when Ohio State plays Michigan State and Michigan. Yeah. And what in the hell is that? <laughs> right. Uh, 3.30 on Saturday, number three, Ohio State at Maryland. Ohio State is favored by 24 and a half. Um, I will tell you right now to, to, to take Maryland in the points because it's going to be tighter than that. Yeah. But, um, but Carla, I'll let, you, I'll let you take a crack at this first. Yeah, kid brother is uh, settling in quite nicely. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Tali is making a name for himself um, and getting out of his brother's shadow. And um, I saw that firsthand last weekend. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's an interesting. Con- I didn't put you know a bunch of of notes about this game in here um, because I'm with you. I I, I think this is a high an Ohio State win because um, Maryland hasn't seen um, a complete team like this, mm-hmm. um, a team that can both score, score efficiently, and has a really good defense. Um, you know, you could say they've seen pieces of it, but not not the whole package. Um, so so I think this is this is an Ohio State win. Um, probably by two scores. I, I'm with you. Take Maryland in the points. Um, if, if, you, if you're, if you're that kind of, um, if you're <clears throat> interested in those kinds of things. Um, but my, my two notes here um, for, for Ohio state, I mean, I think the Ohio state defense is going to be the difference mm-hmm. in this game. It's just really darn good. And the Ohio state run game, if it gets going, um, Maryland is flat out, not good against the run and had Penn state been able to run the football last week, they probably would have beat Maryland. Um, but they just could, they just, there's no run game for the Lions this year. So I, I think the fact that, that Ohio state finally has established a, a run, a run game and, you know, just give the ball to master Teague a couple times. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's going to loosen that lineup. And I think, so I think that's the key for Ohio state to win this game. Um, my interesting note about Maryland is the fact that I started getting some, some thoughts and some and references thinking back because one of the other notes I was going to have about this week was the fact that like, nobody's talking about Alabama and LSU and now that game's not happening. Right. Um, but, you know, it's just interesting, right? So Alabama and LSU is, is typically one of the, hot, like, the hot, most anticipated games of the oh, season. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And had that game been actually on the schedule this weekend, we would have been like, yeah, so what? Um, <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's completely upside down. Tw- like, tw- this, this whole weekend is just completely upside down. But one of the interesting things about watching the, the fall of LSU this year is how much they relied on Joe Burrow. Right. And, and we're starting to realize the impact and the gravity of what Joe Burrow was able to do at LSU. And I look at that and I look at Maryland mm-hmm. and I go, huh? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar situation. A transfer quarterback is coming in that we are learning has ridiculous amounts of talent. And you start building an offense around him. So I mean, does this go back to the thing? That I, I, I referenced earlier where uh, you, you can't get by in college football with a game manager. Yeah. You, I, you've you've got to have a, a real talented quarterback. 
I think so. And I think Maryland, out of winning the, the Talia lottery, so <laughs> to speak, right. um, is sitting in the driver's seat with a team. And here's the thing. There's the difference, right? So Joe Burrow started as a senior mm-hmm. after transferring, as a graduate transfer. Talia's a sophomore. Yeah. Maryland's got time to put the pieces into place. Mm-hmm. Um, Maryland's going to be a dangerous team the next two years, as long yeah. as Talia is under center. If he stays for his full four years um, and doesn't decide to declare for the draft early, um, Maryland's going to be a real interesting team the next couple of years because they're already starting to put those pieces together and you can see it. You can see it happening. Um, so this is a, yeah, Ohio State wins this football game because this is the first time Talia has seen a defense that, that's going to confuse him. Um, but this, this might be the beginning of, this first kind of concept that, that, that coach O Ed O put together down in, in LSU is building the team around a court, you know, building an offensive mm-hmm. structure kind of around the quarterback. Um, I think we might be seeing an exact replication of this at Maryland and we've seen that it works, mm-hmm. you know? So, so something to keep an eye on in the big 10, we might be seeing a change in philosophy, right? Right. Particularly in the East. Um, right. So, so yeah, I, I, I will start. I will start um, by saying that I can, in fact, pronounce his name. Uh, Talia Tagovailoa. Mm-hmm. Veloa? Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. Yeah. Just say it quickly I'm and still, don't think I'm about still, it. I'm still going with Bob Tags. Bob from, ba- Bob from Bama? Bob from Bama. Bob Tags. It's, yeah, that's what we're going to stick with. I, I, I just wanted to make it known that I, I tried. I made an effort to pronounce it because I'm... It's, That's for you, JD. I am. I am a. I am. I am a print guy. I just need to know how to spell it, and I, that's that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, it, I, I, I'm. I'm gonna quibble a little bit with you about Ohio State's defense. I again, and, I, and I've said this before. Uh, the, the the talent level is still there. Still there. The experience is not, and they're giving up. And it doesn't, 23 points a game doesn't sound awful, but it's 93rd in the country. Um, and, and they have to handle an offense that, that suddenly looks like it's, it's the real thing. Um, uh, you know, there, there's good speed on the edges. Um, they can bring the funk, uh, running back Jake Funk, who's, mm-hmm. I just love his name, but he's averaging eight yards a touch, eight, eight yards yeah. a carry. Uh, it, so that is, that is not. Uh, that that is that is a, a a substantial offense, and I think it's given Ohio State's an experience on defense, that could be a, a, a thing. Uh, maybe maybe um, we'll, we'll get to see that exposed for a, a little bit. Um, Ohio State's offense, I, okay. I, I don't. There's not a ton I need to say. Um, the rushing game seems like it's coming. Uh, I would like to see it at a different. A different uh, place where than than it is now, but um, the whole thing I, I think this whole thing breaks down uh, when when you look at Maryland's defense, which is giving up almost 500 yards a game, and and Justin yeah. Fields will will take every single one of those and more. Um, what I would say to AJ is that perhaps this is a Big Ten game that you should not sleep on. The over under is 73 and a half. <laughs> So, I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be, as AJ, as our friend AJ would say, it's going to get pointy. <laughs> yes. It's going to get pointy. Um, Ohio State's going to win this. Ohio State's going to pull away towards the end of the game. Um, but I'm going to have heartburn for much of the late afternoon um, because this is going to go back and forth for a while, I think. 
<laughs> um, the the last game that we're gonna and I'm I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a thing here. Um, uh, just imagine I can't I can't do the voice completely, but just imagine like football players, NFL fans, kind of that style. Okay. Two undefeated powerhouses battle it out for supremacy in the Big Ten West. It's Northwestern at Purdue. <laughs> uh, this is at 7.30 on Saturday. Uh, Northwestern is ranked 23rd. Uh, Purdue is unranked, but unbeaten, as is Northwestern. <laughs> Northwestern is favored by three. And that's why we're talking about this game. Both of these teams, um, Northwestern is 3-0. and Purdue is 2-0. and um, And that's just as weird as everything, anything that we've talked about so far today. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the reason why we, why I put this game on the list was because, you know, we all were talking Iowa, we're talking Minnesota, we were talking Wisconsin. Yeah. Minnesota's two losses. Um, yeah. Iowa has two losses and Wisconsin's battling pandemic issues. Mm-hmm. And so here we are. Now, technically, Wisconsin is also still unbeaten. Sure. But they've only played one game. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and so that, you know, that, that's an interesting conversation now to have with the, you know, potential playoff implications of what happens if Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin now can only play six games. Mm-hmm. Um, so just interesting. I, I don't have a ton of notes on this game. It was just, it's remarkable that these two teams are um, both unbeaten and mm-hmm. playing for essentially the lead in the division halfway through the, <laughs> through the season. You know, that's what happens when you only play eight games. Um, so Northwestern actually has a true balanced offense. And I'm, I'm doing this strictly on statistics because who honestly put your hand up if you've watched any Northwestern football this year, right? I have not. I haven't either. So I'm going strictly on <laughs> off of notes here. Um, so statistically Northwestern has a true balanced offense behind um, senior quarterback Peyton Ramsey. Um, They actually have more rush. This is really interesting. I love this. This is like, this is such a Pat Fitzgerald team, right? So they have more, they have more yards rushing per game. They average more yards on the ground per game than passing, Mm -hmm. but their leading rusher Drake Anderson only has out of the three games. He's only rushed for a hundred yards once. Yeah, that sounds about right. Right. That's like, that's Northwestern football. That's, uh-huh. that's Pat Fitzgerald football right there. Um, you know, and, 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 and Drake Anderson's hundred yard game came against Maryland in week one um, when Talia was still trying to get his, you know, head, head on straight in the new offense and just, you know, turn the ball over three times because mm-hmm. the Northwestern defense rattled him. That's another thing. Northwestern's defense, pretty dang good. Yes. Um, Northwestern's defense right now, if you take Wisconsin out of it, because Wisconsin has only played one game, so the statistics are all skewed. So if you throw Wisconsin out and you look at everybody that's played more than one game, mm-hmm. Northwestern is both the top scoring defense in the conference and the top and the total defense in the conference mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. um, which is remarkable when you're looking at teams like Penn State and Ohio State and right teams sure. that you would normally have right up there at you know one and two no who's number one in defense in the conference it's northwestern because of all of those things was and i i i think northwestern's going to get the get the win here um mm-hmm. and the purdue defense if you look at the at, at, again statistics alone because who's watched any purdue football this year not me no. um uh the Purdue defense statistically is, is not great. They, they're giving up a ton of yards on defense. Um, but they're fourth in scoring defense, which is interesting. So, so they let you drive down the field, and then they apparently – again, 2020, like what the heck? Um, <laughs> they'll let you march right down the field, but apparently not let you score. Um, 
So I don't know. I, 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 overall, it looks like, at least on paper, that Northwestern has the complete package together to win this game mm-hmm. and possibly even win the division. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see what happens when they play Wisconsin. Um, and if whether they, if the, they get to actually if, play Wisconsin, exactly. If they, if that game actually happens, um, and whether or not they'll be able to, you know, whether the, the amount of playing time will, will, will have a factor here in the fact that Northwestern's actually been playing all along mm-hmm. and Wisconsin has been up and down with, you know, whether they're playing or yeah, whether or not, yeah. um, could be a, interesting. That's a thing. That's a thing. I, I think I, it is I a thing. Um, I think we could be looking at Northwestern playing for a big 10 title. I, I, I think that's a possibility. I think I, a really strong possibility. I think Northwestern can win the whole dang thing in the West. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say Northwestern wins this game. Um, I'm going to say the same thing. Uh, and, and I and I think I, I'm just looking at it, it kind of what, what these teams are and how they match up. Uh, and, and Northwestern, I mean, it is, it is a perfect reflection of Pat Fitzgerald. It is physical. It is defense. Um, Peyton Ramsey can throw the ball. He is not uh, a game manager. He, he played in the program at, I, at uh, Indiana. And we know what's going on there. Yeah. Um, but you know, but but Northwestern's going to run the football. Uh, they've been doing that to you know a solid two hundred yards per game. Uh, Purdue is it's not quite Joe Tiller's basketball on grass, but they're they're averaging uh, you know a plus three hundred yards of passing per game, over four hundred uh, total yards per game. Um, we this is a thing we've heard before uh this show this week that doesn't necessarily translate to points they're scoring just 27 a game um and that's that's only 81st in the in the country uh i i know <laughs> firsthand uh that weird things can happen in west lafayette at, on a night game but I, I, the potential for weirdness is is increased dramatically uh, excuse me decreased dramatically um, because there's nobody in the stands, you know, except for, right. you know, mom and dad cheering for the players. Um, so I don't, I, I don't really see, I, 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 I just the, the, the style of football, um, they will hold the ball, they will run the clock, uh, they will play excellent defense, uh, and Northwestern will, will win this game. And that'll, that'll be enough to, 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 um, then Cats will get to 4-0 and with a pretty solid lead in the West. Boys and girls, you can hear the Carlin Crappy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all of the other podcasting services. Uh, you can watch us uh, on YouTube and on the show's Facebook page. If you'd like us, please subscribe, rate, review. If you don't, mind your own damn business. And be sure to come back next week to see exactly how wrong we were. Carla, mm-hmm. any final thoughts? Um, one other game I circled because, again, head scratcher. This is yeah. kind of like the head scratcher weekend. Um, it is. Number nine, Miami at Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, okay, that's Virginia Tech's a decent football team. You're sitting at four and two. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami, you know, that's, that's a good ACC matchup. But yes. Virginia Tech is favored in that game by two and a half. And this would be I, the same Virginia Tech team that just lost to Liberty. That just lost to Liberty last weekend. And, at home. And, at home. And, and I get it, like Miami had to eke out a win over NC State. You know, it came back late to win that game. I get that. But um, – that's not liberty no it's not liberty and they won the game yes um i i i don't know what's going on here i dug into everything i could look into you know and like i i don't see anything Derek king 
I'm assuming is still playing. Like that would be the only thing. Like I was like, did, did is there a pandemic issue here, or you know, is something else going on? I can't find any information out. Um, I I I don't know why Virginia Tech is favored by two and a half. Statistically, the Canes oh. are the better team defensively. Yeah. Um, I I mean every every if you look at the numbers, um. You know, maybe the only thing that I could see is that Virginia Tech has the top rush offense in all of Power Five. If you take mm-hmm. out all the all the group of fivers, Virginia Tech has the best rush offense out of all the Power Five teams. Um, and Miami is middle of the pack in rush defense within the conference. So okay. maybe that's the difference here. But I, it's something to keep an eye on if if the Hokies can run the football. But I I don't get this one at all. Um, I mean, and it's not even a night game. If it's a Blackbird, Blacksburg at night, I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. It's a noon kick. I, I, I have know. no, I have no idea. I have no idea. There's the shrug. We have no idea. Yeah, have shrug. No idea. I have no idea. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, point you in the direction of the uh, the chickens of Coast Carolina once again. They are number 15 in the country. They are up uh, up that far in the rankings. They are 11 point favorites at Troy. Uh, this weekend, um, that is also a new game, by the way. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, they're they're going to be eight zero as of about three p.m. on Saturday. Um, and I would concur. That just that just gets better and better and, and better. <laughs> so, and there's a common opponent here. Like I know a little bit about Troy. They played Middle okay. Tennessee a lot. Yeah. Um, so I went and looked at common opponent. Yes. They played Georgia State in consecutive weeks. These two teams did. They played Georgia State yes. in consecutive yes. weeks. Yes. Troy lost to Georgia State 36 to 34. Coastal beat Georgia State 51 to nothing. Mm. Okay. Chickens are going eight no. Eight no chickens. Um, I'm gonna try to get us some t-shirts or something. I have a I have a connection down there, but we'll see. Yes. We'll see what we can do. Uh boys and girls, thank you for joining us. Um it's gonna be a weird one. Carla, <laughs> I I I am I am cheersing the prospect of Penn State's first win. Um, I and, pray and, to God. <laughs> and there's Charlie, who's trying to drink my cocktail. He just showed up in the nick of time to end the show. Hi, buddy. You can't have this. <laughs> um, uh, Carla, thank you very much. Okay. Boys and girls, thank you for joining us. Be sure to come back next week when we will do this all once again. Cheers, everybody. Have a great Cheers. night.